Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. And today I, I'm, I'm going to be sharing about a, a guy in the Bible that, that isn't very well known, that, that many people don't talk about too much, and there's, there's not a lot of information about him. But I, we want to share a little bit about what this man did and, and how he was able to uh, take a stand in his situation and see God change everything. And so the theme of today or the message title is Take a Stand. Take a Stand. And how many know that there's moments in our life where we have to take a stand, right? I want you to look at the person next to you and say, hey, take a stand. Now look at the other person on the other side and say, take a stand. Hallelujah. And I'm believing that there's been moments in all of our lives where we've had to do that, where we've had to take a stand or we run, or we run. It's two, two choices. Uh, many times God allows us to get to a place where, we, where he's asking us and urging us to take a stand. And there's moments, I would say even in my life and, and in your life, where we haven't t- taken that stand. And where we, instead of taking a stand, we run. We run. Uh, but in order to, to, to move forward in accordance to God's will, there's moments where we have to take a stand in the name of Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Um, how many in the room are good at, at remembering people's names? I want you to raise your hand. Don't lie. You're in church. Like, raise your hand high. I want to know who you are. Because I'm really bad at it. So. All right. Okay, it's not a lot. How many are not good at remembering names? You guys are family. Amen. Praise God. And, and so I'm not too good at it. So those of you who are good at remembering names, praise God, that's a, that's a blessing. Um, growing up, I had my, my, my grandmother from my dad's side, she had issues with, with names, right? So she would call my, I don't know if anybody else has a grandma like this, but she would call my, my dad's name is Nelson, but the other brothers are Nestor and Enrique and Gilberto and Pedro, and she would, all, she would call my dad every name except for Nelson, right? Anybody got a grandma like that? All right. So then, uh, you know, we, it was kind of a joke, and my mom would kind of make fun of her, because, you know, that was her mother-in-law, and, um, and we would kind of, it was kind of a joke, um, and you got used to it, because she never said the right name, uh, and when all the brothers were there, it was chaos, right, because she would say the wrong name for everybody, um, but as, you know, as I've gotten a little older and more mature and wiser, I see now my mom does the same thing. My mom calls me my brother's name, and I... And it's a little bit of confusion, and, and, and all her grandkids, she mixes up all the names. And so I kind of laughed at my mom. And so now here we are, you know, a few years later, and I find myself doing the same thing. I'm mixing up names like, oh, Lord Jesus, no, no. It, it stopped this generational curse in my life. Uh, but, but it's something about names that, you know, for some of us it's difficult, but names are, are extremely important. They're, they're more important than, than we know, and, and the Bible uh, tells us that because we see uh, throughout the Bible where, where names matter and that they're so important. And, and the Bible talks about, you know, the guy we're going to talk about, his name, and we'll read the, the scripture in a second. But in the Bible, a, a person's name, a lot of times it foretold or uh, what that person was going to be, right? It was like a prophecy of who that person was going to be when they got a name. It did that, and the other thing that it did, sometimes the name they received was was according to the circumstance that they were born in, right? 
according to the circumstance or the situation that they were born in. So, so I'm not sure why you got the name you got. Uh, I don't know what that's about, but in the Bible, names are extremely important. And, and, and I believe that they're still important, right? And so when, they, when we name a child, you know, uh, sometimes we just get a name because we think it's cute or it's nice or it's, it's, a, it's the latest name. Um, but I would urge, especially our young people who are here in the front, as you have children in the future, that you will pray and say, God, what, what should I name my child? Because I think it's more important than we, uh, than we understand. <coughs> Praise God. Let's go right to the scripture. 2 Samuel chapter 23. And we're going to consider two verses, 11 and 12. 2 Samuel 23, 11 and 12. Uh, just two verses, two powerful verses. And it, it says this in the name of the, the, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says, next to him was Shammah. Son of A.G., the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together, and the Philistines are the enemy, when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a, full, a field full of lentils, lentils are like beans, Israel's troops fled from them. Verse 12, it says, But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse 11. Next to him was Shammah, son of A.G., the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Lord bless your people and our minds today that we believe you, Lord. Encourage, Lord, and fill with the power of your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So I, I know I, I would love for you guys when you get home to read the rest of this chapter. And, and, and how many, I asked you guys to read uh, Proverbs 4 last week, and I know you might have forgotten, but I have a feeling a few people read chapter 4. Did anybody read chapter 4 of Proverbs? Yes, there's a few hands up in there. Were you blessed by it? Amen. So I'm going to urge you again. We're going to get some homework around here. Um, I know school's on summer vacation, but we need to keep our minds fresh. So we want to read 2 Samuel chapter 23. And you may have to go a little slower um, as you read it because it's, it's not as as exciting perhaps as a, as a Proverbs chapter 4 was. But I want you to read it and and, 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 and make it, it if, you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to do it, he'll make it exciting for you. All right, chapter 23 of Samuel, how it starts with, with, the, 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 with King David, it's his last words right before he dies. So King David, the most powerful uh, king of Israel, he's, he's on his deathbed and, and he shares his last words. And as you read that chapter, you'll see that he shares some wisdom um, and, and, and he, it goes right from his last words and it jumps to some of David's mighty men. So here he is talking about his, his life, and all of a sudden he goes into his mighty men. And if you don't know the story of David, David was a shepherd boy that God called. Uh, if, you, if you've ever heard of David and Goliath, this is the guy we're talking about. He killed a giant. He had these great victories. He was a warrior. He was a general. Uh, David was powerful, uh, the greatest king of Israel. And we find him here at the end of his life. And all of a sudden, as he's giving his last words, he begins to speak about his warriors. The Bible says that there was 400 men that came that God brought to 
to, to David. And we can see that in the first book of Samuel, chapter 22, where it describes these men as David was hiding in a cave because he was being pursued by King Saul. The Bible tells us in that chapter 22 of the first book of Samuel, it says, all those who were in distress, all those in debt or discontented gathered around him, gathered around David, and he became their commander. The Bible tells us about 400 men were with him. So in, in the book before 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel, it talks about how God began to bring these men who were distressed. They were in debt and they were not happy. But God brings these men to David. It's about 400 of them. And all of a sudden, they start to follow David. It says there, it says that he became their commander. See, see God chose these men to be part of what he was going to do in this new kingdom of Israel, right? So you had King Saul, and King Saul didn't do things too well. So God lifts up David, as young shepherd boy, and not only does he lift him up, but he brings 400 men with him, or to him. And, and these 400 men, along with David, they, they transformed the region, right? They transformed, once, once, once David takes the kingdom as king and becomes king, the, 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 the region, the cities would never be the same. David became God's king in Israel. And I'm thinking about why would it go from David's last words and just jump to, these, to the story of these men? And the only thing I could think about was as he's on his deathbed, he must have been reminiscing and thinking about all the great things God had done in his life, knowing that the end was near. And I could see him in that bed or wherever he may be sitting at that time, and he began to think about these powerful men these brothers, these warriors that God had brought to him. And as you read the story of these warriors, you see the mighty things that these guys did. And I would urge you to read this chapter because you'll see these guys did some crazy stuff. And these were not no superhuman men. The Bible just told us that they were in distress, they were in debt, and they were discontented. They were not happy. And I'm believing that, that in this room, there's some men just like that, right? There's some men just like that who are in distress, who are in debt, and are not so happy, but we're discontented. But when we listen to the voice of God, and we submit to what God wants, he brings us to his kingdom, right? And all of a sudden, we become men who are distressed, full of debt, and not happy, and all of a sudden, we're transformed into kingdom men. How many kingdom men are in the house today? Yeah. Long live the king. Long live the king. A little strong, we need a little. Long live the king. Long live the king. We become kingdom men. And all of a sudden, God takes us out of that debt and that distress. He brings us together. And I, I know that is what God is doing in this place. He's doing that in this place. Can we give God glory for that? And I'm thankful because not only do we have kingdom men in the house, but we have some kingdom women in the house. See, the reason we can't sometimes get up and scream it is because we're still in distress, we're still discontented, and we're still in debt. Right? But God is going to do something about that, right? And we're going to let him. In the name of Jesus, we can't continue to do that because there's some things that got to change, and there's some, some of us who need to take a stand in this place. 
We need to take a stand according to what God has called us to do. See, this is a this is serious stuff. This, this is life or death. What we're talking about. What we're talking about being cursed or being blessed. We have that opportunity today to choose his blessing and his favor. Glory to Jesus. See, see, as we continue to read that chapter, verses 8 through 13, it talks about these three men, and I'm not going to talk about all three of them, but it talks about the great things that they did. And then it goes on to talk about another 30-something guys at the end that mentions their name. These are some mighty warriors, mighty warriors in, the, in, in, King, in King David's kingdom. These men were loyal, they were brave, and they were willing to die for the vision that God had placed in David. And today, in this place, we need more men, more women, more young people, more children to take a stand like that. To be loyal, to be brave, and to be willing to die for God's vision, right? For your house, for your marriage, for your situation, for your community, and for this city. In Jesus' name. And that's why we're here. That's why we are here today. And, and, and we start that process in our lives by taking a stand. We have to take a stand, and there's got to be some changes, right? Some things got to, how many can say that, that some things got to change around here? And when we say that, we're talking about our lives, we're talking about our hearts, there's some things that got to change in here, there's some things that got to change in here, right? There's some things that got to change with my eyes, what am I watching? With my, my feet, where am I going? My hands, what am I placing my hands on? That there's some things that got, have to change, and we do that when we take a stand. Glory to Jesus. Let's just read the scripture one more time. Next to him was Shammah, son of A.G. the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where the field was full of lentils, Israel's troops fled. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. We talked about names. Shammah. His name means this. It means fear Runaway, devastated. I'm not sure if they have that slide up there. You may or may not. Shama means fear, runaway, devastated. That's not a, a great name, right? Not a great name. But that's what his name meant. I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. But we see that, that the verse says that even though that's what his name, and that was kind of what his identity was, it says that Shama took a stand against his enemy. And not only did he take a stand, but he re rewrote his future. He re rewrote his destiny when he took a stand, right? Even though he had this identity of fear, being a runaway, and being devastated, when he takes a stand, all of a sudden something gets rewritten in his destiny. And I believe that there's some people in here that the Holy Spirit wants to rewrite not only your destiny, but the destiny of your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. But somebody's got to take a stand. See, because maybe you know the, the, the meaning of your name, and maybe you don't know the meaning of your name. But regardless of that, the enemy has a name for you. The enemy calls you by it all the time. And he calls you by your sin. That's how he names you. And he tries to make that your identity. Not only your sin, but your shame. And he begins to call you by name. 
He calls you skinny or ugly or stupid or dumb or overweight or adulterer or liar or murderer. Or, or the, these are the names that he begins to call you and I. And if we keep listening to those voices and we don't take a stand, all of a sudden those things become our identity. When someone begins to call you, you're lazy, you're lazy. Why are you so lazy? All of a sudden, you become lazy. Somebody calls you dumb. You become dumb. When a school, and I'm not against schools, we're about education in this place, but a teacher, someone calls a child stupid or dumb or, or, or cannot learn or slow learner, we can't, we can't accept that, right? We need to start speaking life into our children. We, there's some things that we don't have to receive. And, and I would say that when the enemy begins to call you by the name he's placed on you, you must take a stand against him and remind him that you no longer belong to him. There comes a time when he begins to call you by your sin and he wants to make that your identity. But you need to stand Take a stand in time. I no longer am identified by your name. I, right now, my name has been changed, and my name is Son of the Living God. My name is powerful. My name is unstoppable. My name is I can. I will, because I believe, and he already did it. But there's some times when we live a life just taking the identity that someone else placed on us. My Bible tells me that I'm more than a conqueror. How many can stand up here and just give a praise just for a moment? Can you stand up and just give a praise? Say, and let's remind the devil, hey, I'm a conqueror. I'm a conqueror. And we've listened to that enemy's voice for so long that we can't stand up and tell him where he belongs. We need to stand up. We need to take a stand. And we just say, even if everybody else ran, I'm not running because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. You need to be seated. See, see, we can't keep running from the enemy. We have to be like Shama and take a stand. When someone starts to speak negatively to you, you don't have to receive it. When someone starts talking about you, sometimes we just receive it. No, you can stop them and say, I don't receive those words. Right? Because it, it may seem something small, but those things start to take root in your heart. And you have the right to say, I don't receive that. And guess what? I guarantee you they're going to respect you a little more. They might play it off and laugh and try, but they're going to respect you the next time. So I don't receive that. I'm not dumb. I'm not going to receive it. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to receive that. Glory to Jesus. We have to become aware of who we are. You're powerful because he's powerful. You'll overcome because he overcame. You are victorious because I tell you, brother, Jesus is victorious. How many give him glory for that? What names are you receiving in your life? See, you are not your sin. You are not your secret. You may have, you may have made mistakes just like me, but you are not your mistake. Somebody needs to hear that in this place. 
We've all made mistakes, but that does not make it our identity. We've all been victimized, but you are no longer a victim. We cannot continue to walk around with a victim mentality. You know, we may have experienced some losses, but we are not losers in Jesus' name. We need some people to speak life into us, right? So we can start speaking some life. We've been too long, we've been speaking death over each other. Too long, we've been receiving words of death over our lives. Too long, we've been receiving and putting up with it, but today we take a stand in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to Jesus. See, we, we can't keep focusing on, on our past like the enemy wants us to. And we need to focus not on what we've done, but what he did on the cross. Right? Stop focusing on what you did in the past and focusing on what he did for you and what he did for me. See, because when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. See, Jesus took a stand on the cross. He faced the enemy on that cross, skin hanging off him, blood running to the ground. What? So that you would not have to be identified by your sin. That's why he did it. So that we can live life and life abundant. So that we can take a stand and say, no longer am I doing that. Look at your neighbor and say, take a stand today. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He's the finisher of your faith, the finisher of my faith. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for you, for you, so that you might become righteous before God. It says God made him who knew no sin to be sin. He made Jesus. He allowed Jesus to carry our sin so that, what? So that we might become the righteousness of God. That's who you are. That matters. Who the devil says you are. Doesn't mean matter what somebody else says. God says that you have the opportunity to be the righteousness of God here on earth. See, because Shama, we talked about his name, and I'm wrapping this up. Shama, we talked about his name. Can we put that the meaning of his name back up there? Fear runaway devils. Let me tell you his father. The Bible told us in those verses that his father's name was H. Guess what his dad's name was? His dad meant coward or one who runs. See, there's a pattern here. That there's a generational pattern or generational curse. See, all Shama knew was fear, runaway, devastate because his dad's name was Coward and one who runs. But when he took a stand in that field, his destiny changed. See, Shama, when everybody else runs, let, let's put that back up there. Yeah, uh, Go to verse 11 where it says, Everybody fled. When they saw the Philistine come, it says Israel fled. And they go to 12. But it says that he took his stand. See, because Shammah understood something. He knew what he was fighting for. He knew who he was fighting for. Because he, had, he was fighting for the king. He was fighting for King David. Because he had encountered the king. And I'll tell you today that you have the opportunity to encounter not King David, but the King of Kings. His name is Jesus, and you too can take a stand and rewrite your destiny in the name of Jesus. Glory to Jesus. See, 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 
Shammah had met David. Uh, they had spent time together. It was his king. They had ate together. They had lived together. And when you get to know Jesus and you get to spend a little bit of time with Jesus and, and you let him change some stuff in your heart, you, you allow him to change some the, the way you think. All of a sudden, you, you begin to understand who he is and who you are fighting for and why we must take a stand. This is not an option. This is not a request. This is God telling us today, take a stand. See, because Shammah wasn't some little clean-cut guy from the suburbs. I believe Shammah was probably born on the worst block. I, I believe Shammah was that kid who didn't really get breakfast. And when he did get breakfast, it was a little bag of chips from the bodega. That's who Shammah was. He wasn't the, the kid who had brand new sneakers on the first day of school. He was wearing his brother's, brother's, brother's hand-me-downs. See, Shammah wasn't headed down a good road until he encountered the king. And I say that to you because it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your father's name was. Or even if you know your father's name, there's an opportunity that when you encounter the king of kings, his name is Jesus. All of a sudden, you go from the kid who didn't have breakfast to becoming a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Church. Take a stand today. Someone has to take a stand against the negativity we face every day. Someone has to take a stand against the negativity that, that your children face. Someone has to take a, a stand for our young people and the negativity that they face. The despair, depression, suicidal thoughts, sickness, oppression. Someone has to take a stand, church. And today, God reminds us that he created you, he created us, he created me to be warriors in his kingdom. Warriors that would take a stand. And I, I would say, stop judging yourself by your own strength. It's one thing that, 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 that bothers me. Is we always judge ourselves by who we are and what our past was. No, we have to judge ourselves by who he is and what he's doing through us. That allows you to take a stand. Shammah could never have taken a stand with his own strength. He took a stand because he knew who he was in that kingdom. There comes a time when you have to realize and acknowledge who you are. Church, can we just stand today? Every one of us has a field, right? Where God wants us to take a stand. Just like Shammah, he had a field. That's, that, that field looks a little different for all of us. Sometimes that field, it's a season where the field is your marriage. Maybe it's your children, your family. Maybe your field is your home. Maybe your field is just your sanity, your peace, or your joy that the enemy's trying to steal from you. Maybe your, your, your field is your provision you, you, you lack. Maybe your field is your purpose. You're protecting your purpose. You're trying to find what that thing is. Maybe it's your singleness that you feel that you got to protect, right? That you're single for our, our single folks in the house. And for our young people and for anybody else, maybe your field is your virginity, right? Something you need to take a stand. Because so the enemy come and take that stuff. This is real, right? This is real. we got to be real. And when you're in that field, a lot of times it feels like you're cursed, Right? feel like you're cursed. 
when you're standing in that field trying to take a stand. But I'm here to tell you that what you consider a curse, God can transform it into a blessing. He does it all the time. If he's done that with you, just raise your hand. Maybe a place where you were. Or your curse, he transformed it into a blessing. He's made your worst thing of your favor to work for you. Stop trying to figure it out. And just submit to God. Submit to God. The enemy is here to destroy your field. And only you can take the stand. Your field holds a harvest. Your field holds a harvest of plenty. Hallelujah. Of blessing of God's favor. And I don't know what you're feeling. Maybe you're in pain. Maybe maybe you're feeling hopeless or you're, you're, you're depressed or you're in debt or, or whatever that is. But God knows what it is. And God calls us all to take a stand just like Shammah did. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your presence in this place. But we submit, Lord, to you. Lord, that we would submit, Lord, our ways, our thoughts, Lord, our plans. Lord, and trust you, Lord, and take a stand, Lord, by submitting to you, God. I pray, Lord, for every person in this place, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, I know you're the one, Lord, who speaks to our hearts and brings you a revelation of who you are, God. So I pray right now, reveal yourself to your people your children, your warriors who are here, God. Even though many of us may not consider us warriors, you have already declared it, God. So as we stand, take that stand, Lord, that we will be transformed into mighty warriors of purpose in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray this, believing it. Amen and amen. With our eyes closed, and let's make a, a, a calling here, if you know God is calling you to take a stand, and you know he's calling you to take a stand, not, not, not to receive what this world has declared over you, but you will begin to receive what God has declared over you. I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to raise your hand. If that's you, one, two, three, raise your hand. Yes, 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 yes. Can we raise our hands with them, church? Thank you, thank you. I want you to pray with me. Jesus. Help me to take a stand. Teach me. Show me who I am in you. Change the way I think, the way I talk, the way I walk, the things I see, the things I touch. Help me to surrender to you. Today, I take a stand for you, the King. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Can we give Jesus a hand? Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.